following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. would be honored if you join us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Retro Pop. You're on for bi-weekly pop culture talk right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and today I am joined by my apprentice, Johnny Townsend. Matt, I am your brother from another mother no <laughs> that's not true <laughs> that's impossible that's the quote <laughs> that by the way the the quote that me and my buddies would always do anytime there was like a statement made would always be that's not true that's impossible <laughs> an unheralded part of that quote is uh luke's reaction it's a great one, man. It is timeless. Yeah. It has been, uh, I think I would just say mocked a um, many a time, right? Oh, yeah. Mocked many a time. Uh, often replicated, never duplicated. I think that's the phrasing. Uh, but yes, today we are talking about one of the greatest, not just Star Wars characters, not just greatest um, fictional villains, uh, but one of the greatest fictional characters ever created, um, written or created ever uh, to the top of the list of many, I'm sure. So many people's lists, I'm sure. So uh, we are going to talk about the Dark Lord of the Sith, the uh, the promising next big thing of the Jedi Order and, uh, and all that. And in between, we're going to keep it at a reasonable time, of course, because <laughs> there is so much stuff yeah there's a lot uh, there's a lot this is such a uh beloved and famous and popular character that there is and I, I looked at some of it i didn't even dive into it like i'm sure you did and i was like i i'm glad i picked darth maul and not darth vader because <laughs> yeah. maul, maul had a lot but nothing compared to this yeah i know it's it's vast i think i found a nice condensed way to go about it because there's just so much oh man it is great this is why he's my favorite character um literally my favorite pop culture character of all tanks there's so much um there is so much there's a, such a rich, rich history there's so much um lore behind yeah. him and and um and you know to uh to to quote Semi quote a great movie. Um, he's like an ogre, and ogres are like onions, and they have many layers. And oh, you, there mean is the docu- a- you mean the documentary Shrek is what you're you're talking about? Yes, the the classic movie Shrek, which <laughs> uh, I'm sure at some point we are going to have to break down. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, today we're going to talk about my personal favorite Star Wars character of all time, my favorite fictional character of all time. Darth Vader and everything that makes him so great. So let us head on into our personal history with Darth Vader. I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. Your new empire? Don't make me kill you. Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy! If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I will do what I must. You will try. All right, so... um. Darth Vader. I my first impression of him came in probably the late 
the mid to late nineties, right? When star Wars was on a uh, nice little rebound, he had the, the, the remakes coming out and uh, you know, the one that I fell asleep through. Uh, but of course I eventually would not the remakes, but the, uh, the uh, re-release, I'm sorry. And uh, I mean, there's just this dark cloaked figure with a breathing disorder and you know this cool armor and this awesome lightsaber and this this god his voice his voice it's so hot i dude james Earl jones voice does he just does it for me i don't know what it is i can listen to that man talk i want to find some audiobooks and just oh, he's listen. definitely done some he's had I to think, yeah yeah um and it's just like this commanding voice and then you get to, and for some reason, I've always been fascinated with what's behind the mask, right? Or just anything that just breaking down the layers, right? As pro wrestling fans, what's behind, what's going on behind the curtain? What's, what's behind the illusion that we're seeing and what's underneath that helmet of Darth Vader. Um, and we get to see, we, we eventually get to see it and, and break down and, and all of the, uh, and of course we go back in time and get to see who Darth Vader was before he became Darth Vader. And it's it's such a beautiful story from start to finish. It really, truly is. I know, uh, you know, Darth Vader being the biggest villain that he is, people may not see it that way. But um, the tragedy of Darth Vader is beautiful from start to finish. I remember being eight years old, going to see episode one for the first time. And I remember all the hype that came from um the star wars merchandise right we all i think we all remember how well that star wars has merchandised over the years and the episode one hype was like uh, it was probably pretty close like bigger than pokemon at the time the hype for it at least i would put the hype reminded me of the death of superman because that was humongous and it was like a giant event that eclipsed comics like it was everywhere like it made news stories it literally was on the news like just your local news and yeah i would dare say this episode one even bigger than that i i concur i concur you know just just the aura of it right seeing people wait in line for movie tickets i've never seen that before it's on the news it's crazy but i remember going to see that and seeing jake lloyd play anakin skywalker and I'm like, and they're like, no, he grows up to be Darth Vader. I'm like, my, I remember my dad telling me this. I'm like, are you sure? He goes, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he grows up to be Darth Vader. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. This happy-go-lucky kid, um, happy-go-lucky child. <laughs> uh, well, as happy-go-lucky as he can be, as a slave child could be, um, positive, beaming with hope and optimism. Uh, wanting a world much uh, a life much bigger than the one he's had been experiencing how does he get to that that was always the big question that was the big mystery for me how does this child become darth vader and what never learned in between? and he never learns about the high ground that's no. the thing that he should have known this whole well, time. no no he no hold on hold on he did <laughs> figure it out in episode 6 <laughs> He did. When Luke backflipped onto the damn archway and he goes, You're right. Your thoughts have betrayed you, father. And he goes, Nah, fam, we're not doing this shit again. And he throws his <laughs> lightsaber and cuts Luke down. I wish that's what the what the actual dialogue was. <laughs> and James nah, Earl Jones voice specifically. Nah, fam. We nah, out fam. <laughs> <laughs> but that like on a human level, on a human level, the growth the 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 change from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader is fascinating. We yeah. see this stuff all the time, right? We're all, um, not to get too deep, but I, I'm just very passionate about this topic. Um, we're all born, right? We're born innocent. And we see some people go on to become great human beings, great, just great people in general. And we see people grow to become, you know, just bad, vile human beings who cause harm to others. And you always wonder, I think one of the questions a lot of people ask themselves when they see that is, what made them this way? How'd they get this way? And then, you know, just Darth Vader is in his life story 
is the embodiment of it in a very, I mean, that, very popular fictional character. That's why documentaries and podcasts about less than savory characters, shall we say, are so popular because it's just interesting. Like, why did, like, we want to believe there's a reason or things or events that sort of uh, influenced or, or changed a person in a certain way to make them do the terrible things that they do. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think my first experience was obviously the original trilogy uh, and uh, first Star Wars movie I ever saw was Return of the Jedi. And I was hooked from then on out, but also interestingly, that means I saw the end of Darth Vader first. And I going back and thinking about it now, and you kind of made me think about this. The fact that they go through three movies and it's not until the end of the last movie that we really get a really good look at him at his face. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he is without his helmet, I think a couple of times, but they you don't teased really... it in episode five, right? The, uh, yeah. the Admiral walked in and uh, seen him with his helmet off. We've seen yeah. the back of his head, but you don't really see him until right. the last one. And that makes sense because Vader had killed Anakin and Anakin was gone until that last time, last moment where he saves his son, uh, Luke and wants to look at Luke with his own eyes like that. Yeah. Uh, an incredible redemption arc, I would dare say. And I'm a sucker for those. Those are, those are my favorites is these redemption arcs, these characters who you think are awful or do terrible things, but they change. They learn there was, there's this good in them and they discover that. Um, so it's really fascinating. It obviously, just the look of the character, just as a kid, just you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Right? Like, it's this imposing, dark, uh, cool-looking helmet, a cool suit figure. And it really helps, too. And this is one of the things I think George Lucas was really smart about, is that Darth Vader is basically all black, but he's almost always surrounded by stormtroopers, especially when you first see him. And the stormtroopers are almost all the color white so he really contrasts against them and that makes right. him stand out even more makes him even more posing makes him seem taller somehow uh yeah I, he just had a huge influence on me for sure of being like i think it's easy to say that when it comes to if you did a list of characters that are so iconic you can show just their their face to anybody they would instantly know who it is He's up there with uh, Daggett Mickey Mouse, for crying out loud. He's up there with oh, Bugs Bunny. Uh, I would, he's probably surpassed Bugs Bunny by today's standards. Uh, he's up there with Spider-Man, right? Like, just these, he's up there with Batman. Just these faces you see, and you're like, yeah, that's Darth Vader. I mean, who doesn't know that? That's how iconic he is. He's right up there with all those. Uh, man, that's a, like, if you made a, what's that thing people like to do, a Mount Rushmore? Would you like the, yeah. the, the four of something uh if the you're doing greatest like, of yeah yeah like if you did like four uh most recognizable pop culture icons how can you not include darth vader's face here uh it, right it just makes sense to me so it, he's just so important he was a big part of my love for star wars for sure you know i'm a giant luke skywalker nerd i love luke and the fact that that's his dad and really the arc of the the six movies the six, the first six movies is an anakin slash darth arc right it's it's basically his story and a story of his family yeah and his son and daughter saving him that's that's the story of it they bring him back from a very because he goes dark man for star wars uh for star wars movies uh you know killing younglings that's not uh that's not something you can just walk away from fam as we like to say <laughs> my jaw dropped when i seen that movie too yes yeah. yeah you know uh so uh yeah i i'm with you on this he is an incredible villain uh who happens to do who does do the right thing at the end and i i kind of think too because we've had this discussion before on our star wars airing of grievances podcast go check that out please and uh what's a 
I'm really fascinated with this in pop culture. What's a good death for characters? Like an earned death, right? Like, uh, and I would say, uh, like the questions would be, is this death, does this death make sense for this character? Is it a hero's death? Uh, does it, um, does it feel earned? All these things. Right. And I would dare say Darth Vader is a good example of like the perfect ending to a character. Yeah. Like he's so he's evil. That the, I mean, just think of it from my perspective before those, the prequels came out, like he's just this evil thing. You learn he's Luke's dad and you're blown away by that, by the way, like, whoa. And then at the end, he saves Luke and sacrificing his own life. Really? Uh, that's one heck of an arc. <laughs> so yeah, I, I too love this character. Uh, big fan of the Skywalkers in general. As am I. It's a, I mean, yeah, when you really discover that they're the main, really the main part of Star Wars, right? They're, they're the main oh, yeah. character lineage of Star Wars. It's really cool. Um, I do like your point about the redemption arc and, and all that stuff, because I think what a lot of people love about this character is that we, a lot of times in movies, we get to see, we see a redemption arc for a character that maybe was, we've only only known on one side, right? Yeah. Like only like a villain. Like, oh, Fast and Furious movies drive me insane. But Jason Statham was portrayed as a bad guy, and all of a sudden yeah. he saved Vin Diesel's baby. Well, yeah, or, I think or, it's see, I think I, I think a good example is like Snape from Harry Potter, right? Yes, S- Snape is my favorite character in Harry Potter, and it's all because yeah. the whole time you think this guy is just a piece of garbage who's on the bad, he's on the dark side of things, just to use a Star Wars quote here. And you come to find out this whole time that he's been looking out for Harry and he dies and shows Harry like the truth of a lot of the things. Uh, yeah. And it was just an incredible moment. And I, like, I remember when I got that Blu-ray and that moment where he shares his memories with Harry Potter and like I've rewound and watched that a million times. It's just, it's incredible, well done and performed. And the other thing I wanted to bring out here too to talk about the helmet, you know, on the area of grievances, I wish we had brought this up there. Cause we kind of alluded to it there when we're talking about the new, the newest trilogy uh, and how Kylo Ren, uh, like immediately in the first movie, you see his face pretty much like it happens yeah. in the first movie. And it does take away from that reveal. You don't really see Vader's face again until the last. We did mention that. We did mention the last episode. Yeah, but a I, little I think bit. it's just I think it's worth mentioning again just how important that reveal is and how yeah. it really makes it a big moment because when you see Vader's face and he looks at his son, it's just a man. How can you not get choked up thinking about that? When he you smiles, know? when he smiles, is yes. this shell of a man? Yeah, who's defeated on his way out. He he looks at his son and said, "No." You saved me, Lou. You know, essentially, yeah. not verbatim, you but you already saved did, me. or something like yes. that. Yeah, you, you already it looks have. Like I can, yeah, you already have. That's such a powerful moment, man. Good God, how can you not get the chills just thinking about that? Right. No, without it, it is beautiful. I mean, I, I can go on the personal history forever, but I've always found Vader to be probably the most uh, one of the most human characters um, in Star Wars. I do have to add that because you know his fall to the dark side has always been um honestly to it was honestly to help people right it was to help his wife and and because of to protect his mom in a sense in a in a strange sense right finding that out um and it's even more grim when you find out which we're going to find out in the in the, the the actual history about how it was uh it was perfectly calculated so yeah. um but i always find i always find anakin as like Anakin almost almost sympathetic until he makes that I, when he makes that full turn then he's pure evil but the fall of Anakin is sympathetic to yeah. me because there's been a lot of t- you know everybody has the 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 the, the option to, to to choose one path or another and unfortunately he chose the wrong way because uh it's kind of was goaded into but it's relatable and understandable Aside from killing younglings, of course. Um, <laughs> but all right, we have loads more to talk about. Let us hop into the actual history of Lord Vader. 
I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. All right, so Anakin Skywalker, and the page is not going to load. That is fantastic. Uh, There we go. Okay, Anakin Skywalker was born 41 BBY. And for those who don't know, uh, BBY stands for Before the Battle of Yavin. I don't don't know if that's specific, but that is is how they kind of interpret it. on the planet Tatooine to his mother, Aunt uh, Shmi Skywalker. But the uh, the most intriguing thing about the birth of Anakin Skywalker is there was no dad. Um, there was no father. And we actually come to find out in the lore that uh, he was created. He was created through uh, dark Sith, we'll call it magic, um, at the hands of Darth Plagueis, who is the master of Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Chancellor Palpatine. So that is the lore behind it. They never really explained it uh, in the movies. It's one of those, you know, things that you kind of got to read around, expand the universe, stuff like that. Yeah, but it in, is in the, yeah, in the movies, he's just like the dad's just not talked about. Yeah, right. They, they mentioned that he was just born. He was just, Shmi was pregnant one time and um, and boom, here it was almost like a, uh, I think almost like a reference to Jesus in a sense. Oh, I know yeah, George Lucas sure. used a lot of yeah. religious, uh, aspects into, um, brought a lot of religious aspects into how he wrote this. So, um, but yeah, so he was just kind of there. And, uh, when he was really young, he was a slave uh, within Mos Espa, he was uh, owned by Gardula the Hut, and then lost eventually to uh, everybody's favorite toy dairy in Watto. Uh, <laughs> and where he's just, I mean, just a very incredibly tough upbringing. But he found solace in building stuff and creating. And it was very technologically sound. Um, and he actually like at a young age you know i think everybody kind of knows this he he built everybody's favorite protocol droid c3po and he built his own pod racer and he built all this stuff he was really really well versed and such um but still just a slave and his outlook on life was unfortunately very you know it's not very good uh fate comes and qui-gon and Padme Amidala and Jar Jar Binks and all everybody they they end up uh, everybody from Naboo essentially they end up on Tatooine escaping the Trade Federation escaping the planet Naboo on their way to Coruscant and Anakin gets you know picked up and his life is forever changed right he wins a pod race uh, something that's not a human is not supposed to do right humanoids are reflexes they say that their the reflexes aren't fast enough but um, especially a child especially a child right you, you think a, a, an anakin is nine years old i think nine or ten I, I i believe it's ten in episode one and you know for all that to happen for the success going up against these grown grown-up alien thingies right sabulba and and Oh God! I, I used to have all their names down. Ben Quadraneros and, it, and all these just great characters. I I, I loved the pod racing game. Um, that game uh, they recently, like not too long ago, re released it. They did. Okay. Yeah, it still holds up. By the way, still holds up well. I used to have the Game Boy version, and oh, yeah. uh, it was cool. I just told a fun story on Eat Sleep List about it last week. Um, about how I got it. I was addicted to it. It had a rumble pack in it. You put a battery uh-huh, yeah. in and it rumbled the Game Boy. It was great. I played the I had the 64 version. It was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I I have it currently and I have the updated one too. And it's it's really cool. I actually uh the first time I played it, um the first time 
I played it. I was at Disney World and uh, I put in like a dollar fifty into the arcade machine. Yeah, but I didn't know how to make it go because you actually had to push forward on the things and do uh-huh. this, and I'd wasted a dollar fifty. I didn't move. <laughs> uh, yeah, trauma. <laughs> but anyways, um, so Anakin's life gets changed forever, but at a cost of being separated from his mother, um, who had you know they'd grown so close. This is one of those aspects where uh, the Jedi, you know, they don't like taking kids too old because of attachments and, and, and all that. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, uh, at the end of episode one, Qui-Gon Jinn falls at, you know, to Darth Maul. And suddenly that, that, that father figure who emerged in his life is no longer there. And now he has somebody who um, didn't like him initially and really did had minor emotional connection. Uh, watching over him and probably somebody who wasn't ready, really truly ready to train Jedi um, to be his master in, the, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So over the, you know, over the years, it was a challenging effort, but because they were kind of, well, they weren't close in age, but um, instead of a father son relationship, it became more of a brother brother relationship. Yeah. I mean, they refer, they would refer to each other as, uh, as brother. I mean, I do think Anakin calls him like a father at one point. Because he yeah. probably would be the closest thing to a dad for him, correct? But but they are obviously they get really close, and I think that's the reason. That's one of my favorite uh, relationships in Star Wars, and I wish they would explore it more. I, the Obi Wan series sort of does that a little bit, yeah. Uh, but uh, I really find that just fascinating because it just seems like they really help to make each other better. They kind of uh, uh, they're a perfect team in my opinion. Like they, you know, they really. Uh, help each other's weaknesses and strengths really for really sure well. i i kind of view it like a good cop bad cop yeah yes um in a way where where obi-wan was you know more jedi like jedi like following the rules anakin was kind of opposite that he still you know did his jedi stuff but he was a little bit more aggressive a yin and yang yeah i i would probably have to say is the best way to look at it um and it worked. It worked for so long. They were a very successful, you know, Jedi master and uh, apprentice tandem. But, um, but you know, Anakin, you know, again, being older and experienced some of the things. I read many books. You know, he was he was picked on by kids in his class, uh, his, his training classes, uh, picked on him because he was older and, and because of his roots and stuff. But he was far more talented than all of them. It's actually really cool to see, to hear, you know, to read some of those books and, you know, Anakin's like out, you know, just out dueling classmates. There's a couple that are like giving him struggles, but, but we all know what Anakin becomes, right? How powerful yeah. a Jedi that he becomes. That's pretty wild. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of pop culture that I think really borrows from that. Uh, you know, I really got into that uh, anime, that Naruto uh, series yes. and Sh- uh, Shippuden, if I'm saying it right, probably not. Cause I'm a, uh, can't pronounce things really well, but I love that series, and it's all about Naruto, and it's very similar to Anakin in a way. What, what you're discussing, because uh, when he's trying to become a ninja and he's in these classes, like he gets made fun of. Nobody thinks he's going to amount to anything. Like nobody believes in him, but he knows it, and he literally becomes the hero of the of the of the world. <laughs> so, yeah. No, and that's what Anakin, you know, experienced. He grew up in, obviously, a very strange time, too, within the Jedi Order. Um, It wasn't, it was too heavily involved in politics, which is something that if Qui-Gon had survived, maybe um, he would have been kind of more keen to. Yeah. um, Keen and aware and be able to tell the difference. And Obi-Wan, being a guy who's by the book, let's, you know, follow the council, he kind of went along with it. Yeah. there was a lot of politics there too. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people even think about that aspect of it when it comes to star Wars and the Jedi at that time. And we've gotten even more stuff today that really, uh, you know, like the count Dooku stuff really, oh, beautiful. I think just kind of comes off of that. The fact that he realized that there's a lot of politics in the Jedi council that really shouldn't be there. Like yep. why is there politics here? And that sort of leads, starts to lead him astray uh man there's just a lot of interesting stuff here for sure yeah it it, it uh it, 
the Jedi essentially, instead of just being the keepers of the peace, they were sent to do politicians' biddings. Um, there's a quote from the third Captain America movie, Civil War. Uh, when they were, the teams were splitting up, right? We have the, the, the ones who signed the Sokovia Accords and ones who didn't. Um, about keeping one hand on the wheel or, or getting sent to somewhere where we, where we shouldn't be or not being able to go somewhere where we should be. That's something yeah. that it was a basically Captain, Captain America. America yeah, said. basically Captain America was saying, uh, if we, uh, we will put ourselves in a point where we are doing, we're being told what to do, no matter what we think of that thing we're being told to do. Yep. And that's what the Jedi had fallen into. That was the trap. So, and it sucked him into the clone wars and there's had really hadn't been a, a war for within the, you know, Jedi that the Jedi had fought. That wasn't really their, their thing, but um, that was it. So he got pushed through, right? He was a Jedi Knight and we have the Jedi master and, and all this stuff, but that's a little bit down the road. Um, that all starts with, of course, attack of the clones. And we see him dealing with uh, the loss of his mother, right? He, he has these nightmares, that are uh, actually like submitted to him because he is that Christian. Again, this is something that they, they probably should have explained in the movies, but you find out later on that um, these nightmares and these visions that Anakin seen the whole time that helped twist his path to the dark side were being submitted to him in a sense by Darth Sidious, by Sheep Palpatine, who he had grown a close relationship with. And, um, Palpatine heard everything, all the fears, all the sadness, everything at a personal level and use it to manipulate Anakin, uh, to turn, essentially seal the deal and turn him to his, uh, the dark side. But you find out that, you know, later on and not that, I don't know if Anakin ever does, but Palpatine and Dooku orchestrated Anakin's mother's death, right? He knew all about her, where she was located, um, essentially on Tatooine and they, or they, 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 the story was like Dooku paid off the Tuscan Raiders to go and, and capture Shmi Skywalker and kill her further twisting him to the dark side. And, you know, of course we get wrapped up into the clone wars, uh, which I said, Jedi are getting pushed to the push to the moon. As we say in wrestling, right? They're getting pushed. You're a Jedi knight. You're taking on this. We got to We got to do this and that. And Jedi are being heralded as like war heroes, which is very unusual too. They literally, they literally become generals. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, and there's like they become celebrities in a sense because if you read a lot of the stuff that you know, Anakin was uh, one of the most famous Jedi. He was a war hero um, on the Hollow Net, which is like their version of the internet. And he's just this this paraded and beloved character because of all the stuff. And that all goes to your head, no matter what age you're at. Um, plus the fact that people have been hyping you up as the chosen one for so long. So there's a lot of blown up ego, but I really like the clone wars because you see it more often, but there's so much stuff that's done to, I mean, just even setting up the empire, just chipping away at the Republic to set up the empire, but even chipping away at Anakin's faith in the Jedi order. It's very, very well done show. And, and war in real life, real historical wars there have always been people who actually got famous from those wars true i mean especially in the you know <laughs> before television or whatever you want to say it is i mean think of all the people who got really famous because of war there's been so many of them. i mean would we even know who <laughs> Patton was if it wasn't for world war ii probably not probably would not we even would we, i mean just literally you can name anybody in the civil war pretty much uh, yeah. the american civil war there's just Back so then, that's people. who were elected as presidents were war yeah. heroes. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's just a big part of it. You become very <laughs> known, well, well known. I mean, American Revolution. I mean, a lot of those guys uh, had that in their background who became really famous. 100%. Um, you know, George Washington, our, our country's first George president. Was, yeah, he was a general. He's a famous general. And a lot of, uh, again, a lot of uh, famous generals in between from George Washington to, I would say, Dwight D. Eisenhower were elected based on their military service. So, um, so yeah, that's all happening. And Anakin already feeling like an outcast, you know, he decides to get married 
to uh, Padme Amadilla, Amadala, who, uh, you know, he, he had a strong bond with one of the first warm personalities that he got to meet uh, within his new life. And they fall in love. They get married. And 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 so much more. This is all stuff that Palpatine is, I think, slightly aware of. And then he picks on that a lot, too. You can see a lot in like deleted scenes and ex- extended cut <laughs> stuff that. He's picking. He's trying to pry apart their relationship because he knows about him. But, um, but eventually the fall happens. Uh, Anakin defeats Count Dooku, his, his nemesis, and um, Palpatine has to move quickly. Right, he's got to get his apprentice. If he can't get his apprentice, then um, his plans of an empire have essentially fallen. But he just everything worked out right. He picked at Anakin's fears. He said that. Basically, I'm the only one who can save your your wife from certain death. And Anakin, who's lost so much, so many people, including his mom, uh, isn't willing to let that happen. He's willing to sacrifice uh, his current life so we can save um, save Padme. And of course, we all know how that goes. Uh, he turns against the Jedi, and uh, Order sixty six kills a bunch, and we get one of the most beautiful lightsaber battles of all time. Uh, between Anakin and Obi-Wan. It's so picture perfect. It is my favorite movie fight scene ever, like ever, ever, ever. It is a work of art. And I don't get how people like can, can criticize it because it's just two friends, two brothers who know so much about each other going back and forth, tit for tat. And this is it. This is the moment. Padme. In my opinion, the two best live action lightsaber battles we get both involve Anakin because you get that one and the other one is uh, is in Return of the Jedi with Vader and Luke. Correct. They both have a lot at stake and they're both uh, in a weird, well, not even weird, but they both involve the fact that these two characters have a lot of love for each other. Absolutely. The emotion is just there. It's It's tremendous. Um, but this is it. This is uh, Anakin gets his legs cut out from underneath him, uh, <laughs> literally and uh, <laughs> and metaphorically. And uh, of course, his path to the dark side kind of comes full circle when he gets locked into that Darth Vader suit. Um, you know, there's so many years in between. There's 20 years in be- between Empire Strikes or sorry, Jesus, uh, Re- Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And it's just filled with uh, with pretty much the Darth Vader and the Empire consolidating power. Um, Vader becoming the known enforcer, right? He's not as well-known uh, as he was when he was Anakin Skywalker, but dealing with so much internal conflict that I make the right decision. Uh, yeah. he, he, he ponders that a lot. If For those who've never read it, uh, go read Dark Lord. Um, I don't, I don't think it's canon technically, but these are all stuff that has been constantly, a lot of the internal struggles that Anakin has, has all been reused by everybody. The others, the other part uh, of it really isn't, but, but Darth Vader's internal dialogue is, um, is, is kind of canon, pretty much canon, but he struggles with it. And even you've, you find out that him and Sidious aren't like in a really great place. There's a lot of distrust because he said, you know, as he gets old, you know, as their relationship um, continues to grow and, and and age, he starts to find out about the manipulation Um, and there's conflict in that there's there's Sidious was also constantly just replacing his number twos all the time. Correct. Like he's waiting for the next big thing. I mean, even in, when uh, even in the last of Vader, he's trying to replace him with Luke. So right, yeah, uh, the Inquisitors were yeah. just ways to kind of threaten Vader's power to keep him strong, almost like a, uh, almost like a sports team. All right, when they want to push somebody to get the best version of them, you start getting talent around those people. Yeah. All right, and the cream rises to the top, and that was a one of Sidious's ways of keeping Darth Vader sharp. Right, and. Uh, and also he was already disadvantaged because he was in a robot. You know, he's basically more machine than man. Yeah. Uh, he lost a lot of ability uh, when, when Obi-Wan covered him up on Mustafar. Yeah. And I think deep down the emperor knew that if anybody could take him out, it was Vader. 
Right. And I mean, the Sith have a whole history of the uh, apprentice taking out the master, right? Like that's kind of how it goes. And then they become the master. That's sort right. of how that works. And uh, so it was in his best interest to keep Vader on his toes 100%. He sure did. And, and him on his honestly, toes, asserted his of, power. Yep. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in Star Wars is a Vader scene. And it's like, it might be a minute long. But it's the very end of Rogue One where Vader shows up and just goes through that hallway and just destroys people. Oh, I was like, it's beautiful. That's Vader. <laughs> Prime Vader. Yeah. I got to say that Disney has given us, I think, the best Vader stuff that we've ever seen. Yeah, they get a lot of flack, which I understand and I get. And I can't even defend some of it. But you cannot sit here and tell me that they're not giving us some really good Vader stuff. The Disney's Vader stuff has been top notch. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, with with how heavily involved he was in the Obi Wan movie, or not, uh, sh- excuse me, Obi Wan show, and a lot of other stuff. But we're getting some really prime Vader stuff that I, you know, I didn't know I wanted, but I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I really truly do. Uh, but of course, twenty years goes by, and 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 uh, you know, so much has happened. Vader's older now; he's in his forties, and. Uh, and then Obi Wan, you know, print the Princess Leia gets gets captured on on Tantive, uh, Tantive Four, and and so much starts right these plans over the Death Star, uh, and of course he meets uh, his old master Obi Wan, uh, who's much older now. They're both much older, and it's it's kind of tremendous, right? Obi Wan won up to him the first two times, but didn't want to kill him. And uh, and then Vader got him. Vader finally got him. And it was just. Uh, yeah. You know, just more. Obviously, we've seen a lot of with the original trilogy, right? Protecting the Death Star. Um, Vader in episode five is personally my favorite. One of my favorite versions of Vader because he's in command. He's not really answering to anybody like he did in four or six. What What do you think? What do you think Vader had? What do they do with Obi-Wan's clothes? Well, um, <laughs> do they feel like a little museum? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is actually worn by Obi-Wan when I killed I, him. <laughs> I, I want to imagine he played dress up. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that he played dress up. Oh, look at me. I'm Ben Kenobi. <laughs> uh, man, that's fantastic. That's the scene we that's the scene we deserve and we never got it. For sure. <laughs> I know. Where's that deleted scene? Um <laughs> But uh, you know, the years go it you know, after the, 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 the Death Star gets blown up, he becomes aware of another uh, of a Skywalker, right? He hired um, I just it, it, in this is expanding for stuff, but he he hired bounty hunters prior to episode five to discover the identity of who blew up the Death Star. And he found out it was the Skywalker. So there was even more mistrust there between Vader and uh, Darth Sidious. And there's a really great Marvel Comics run that I encourage people to run where he he's delving into this. Um, he actually meets up with with people who are faithful to Padme Padme. When she was queen of Naboo, um, uncovers a whole bunch of secrets uh, pertaining to Padme's death because there's obviously something more to it. Because um, uh, he thought that the, the the kids, the twins, had died, or his kid had died. He had no idea about a second one. He had no idea about Leia. But um, when it came to Luke, he had no idea that Luke survived. It's a Skywalker. It's got to be my child. Uh, and of course, we have the the wonderful duo on on Bespin that I, I loved. I rewound so much, so many times on VHS and uh, watched so many times on YouTube, uh, you know, Luke and, and Vader dueling and the big reveal. No, I am your father. One of the greatest cliffhangers of all time, like movie history. The great, it probably is the greatest cliffhanger of all time. How, how, and now I have to see, you know, you're, you're sitting in a movie theater in 1980. I have to see episode six. Now, what is this? Um, uh, and of course, the ultimate blow off, right? Um, the ending, right? The ending, pretty much the ending of Vader, uh, trying to convert his son to the dark side, but uh, it's it's in vain. And Vader finally turns to good, uh, you know, killing the Emperor to save his son. Um, 
and of course dying uh, redeemed. So Vader has a very, again, that's literally the bare minimum, right? The bare minimum of Darth Vader's story. It's so deep. There's so many great layers to it. Um, it's it's literally my favorite, like just my favorite fictional life of all time. Uh, but that is it, everybody. I mean, that's the history of Darth Vader. Let's move on to some fun segments with uh, Matt's stats. What is thy bidding, my master? All right, everybody. So um, it's kind of tough as per usual uh, getting some stats, but I do have some fun things that I think uh, people will appreciate here. So I have a movie-by-movie breakdown of screen time, which uh, was actually a lot funnier to do with Darth Maul, (laughs) but it is always interesting to hear with Anakin Anakin and Darth Vader. So uh, in episode one, Anakin was the second most featured uh, character. He had the second most screen time with 23 minutes, 30 seconds. In episode two, he had the most screen time uh, with 48 minutes. Uh, In episode three, Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader had the most screen time um, by 15 minutes. All right. Uh, 52 minutes, 45 seconds of screen time for uh, for Scott Anakin. Um, Episode four, A New Hope. He is not the least, but the least of the most. So he is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He has the eighth most screen time in episode four with nine minutes and 15 seconds. Episode five, a little bit more prominent. It's actually crazy to see these numbers. It really is because it's like, man, Vader did so much with so little screen time. He's one, two, three, four, five. He has the sixth most screen time in episode five with 13 minutes, 15 seconds. Well, that's how you do a good villain, too, though. You don't over, like, you don't just keep putting them in there. I mean, look at the shark and Jaws. Like, he barely has screen time at all. And, like, he made people don't want to get into the ocean. (laughs) Right. It also makes their parents meet. Right. It makes their parents mean more. Oh, we think we're safe. Oh, shoot. There's Jaws. Oh, we think we're safe. Everything's good. Oh, there's Darth Vader. So, um, and then Return of the Jedi. Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker, the screen time, fourth most at 14 minutes and 45 seconds. So just edging out his creation, C-3PO. Um, aside for some other, you know, there's been several books and stuff written, but I, I, I love the action figure, looking at the action figures. Um, I've had numerous Darth Vader action figures in my life. Uh, I think, yeah, I've had, I've had a handful. I've had a handful. I've had quite a few. Um, there's been a lot, there's been a lot. Cause I mean, being the most popular, you know, pop culture character since the seventies, especially when your movie was essentially the boom, your character's movie was the boon, uh, the boom of movie toy tie-ins. I would dare so say, I think star Wars was probably one of the originals that people were like, Oh, wow. Toys are the moneymaker. Vader has had a lot of figures. All right. Uh, I haven't put the math together, but I do have it broken down uh, by subject. So um, by by movie. So Darth Vader, just Darth Vader. I have it separated, Darth Vader and Anakin. So uh, from Re- Revenge of the Sith-centric figures, Darth Vader, and that includes you know him in normal form and him in his armor form 14 different Darth Vader figures for revenge of the Sith 20 different figures for new hope 33 different action figures for empire strikes back. Johnny's shaking his head in disbelief 15, um, 15 that are out two that are currently ready to come out in 2000 this year. Um, so 17 in total for return of the Jedi, um, two for rogue one. There is, I got to find, what was the abbreviation for it? Um, oh, don't do this to me. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Uh, oh, the Obi-Wan show. They have four figures based on Obi-Wan, including they did a really cool throwback 
like figure, like his original. Um, one from Shadows of the Empire, which is actually, I remember this one being at Toys R Us. It was a comic uh, two pack with Prince Sizer um, from 1996. I very vividly remember it. One from Rebels, one from Galaxy of Adventures, uh, one from Star Tours, which is cool. Uh, there's a really neat one from Force Unleashed where he's like a battle damaged. Like he's got like the half mass thing going on and his, his like arm sleeve is gone. Um, and then we have 20 characters, 20 figures from the expanded universe. So let's see. I'm going to do some, some quick math here. 53 plus 14 is 67 plus 17 is 84. 86. 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95. 115 variations of Darth Vader action figures. That makes sense. 115. Makes sense. I guess Uh, so. uh, Again, one of the most iconic characters in pop culture. Right. He's going to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just action figures, right? That's not including t-shirts, stuffed animal, like, like plush, um, plush uh so much you know just so much stuff so um but that's darth vader so anakin skywalker so there's 15 different anakin skywalker figures from the phantom menace 23 from attack of the clones 19 from revenge of the sith four from return of the jedi and that's him in his human form uh which is really cool it's actually really neat um trans was it is translucent but you could see through it um, like a ghost Anakin Skywalker, which is neat. Um, there's three from the two the two dimensional Clone Wars cartoon, twenty two from the three D Clone Wars cartoon, which is really cool. It's actually because they did they were in so many spots. It was like, uh, yeah, uh, Johnny, I know you know this, but like the Ninja Turtles in the '90s, where they just did different stuff with them. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like, oh, here's your Halloween Ninja Turtles, and then here's these skateboarding Ninja Turtles, and all this yeah. stuff. So here they basically. are playing sports. Yeah. Yes, football Ninja Turtles, uh, and then six from the expanded universe. So uh, quite a bit there, action figure heavy. But um, that's some stuff I wanted to give you. Of course, there's all sorts of fictional fun stats, his height, weight, all that jazz. But um, eh, that's not fun. Toys are fun. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. So we're not going to jump into Darth Vader. What we are going to do, since he just, as of this recording, recently celebrated his 92nd birthday. We're going to talk some James Earl Jones is what we're going to do today here. Great choice. Yeah. Uh, again, one of the most iconic just voices, let alone actor, but just voices in pop culture from uh, Vader to Mufasa for crying out. He's like two of my favorite characters right there. That's pretty incredible. <clears throat> so he actually has a really bad stutter. He still has it to this day. And one of the reasons he got into acting was he was told that it would actually help him battle that stutter so that's that's why he got in one of the reasons he got in the acting and it just kind of bit him and he kept going with it but he says even to this day he you'll if you watch interviews with him like you'll you'll catch it every once in a while he was also an officer in the u.s army before he really got big and famous uh his name does not appear in the credits for the first two original star wars movies and that was by his choice he was like, he didn't think he was a big enough name to just put James Earl Jones as the voice of Vader on the first two movies. Makes Which, you wonder if he had what it would, if, if he did, maybe his career would be differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pan I mean, he, still out differently. A, he still had a pretty great career, but, you know, oh, that, for sure. that first like, movie was such a phenomenon that, you know, not having your name on it is just so weird to me. <laughs> you think he regrets that? Did, did he ever say it if I he bet. regrets it? I don't know if he ever actually said, but I would think there'd be a little bit of there like, I should have just said, yeah, to that kind of thing but he does come off to me and a lot of interviews i've seen he seems pretty humble so very uh, he was also the first established celebrity to appear on sesame street 
And that's pretty wild considering they have a really awesome history of having some really great guest stars on there. Some big famous people showing up on the street of Sesame. Uh, Originally, he wasn't going to be the voice of Darth Vader. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of really fun stories here. You know, uh, the original actor in the Vader suit. uh, What's it, David? It's Dave Prowse. David Prowse. Yeah, Prowse. Uh, has a much different voice, and you can definitely hear. You can you can search it out, and listen to it. Not his fault, uh, but uh, you know they needed something that really felt like it would match the character. So he went a searching, and he originally wanted Orson Welles, but this was one of Lucas's first movie. It wasn't his first movie, but he was still not. You know, he was still like kind of young at the game, and he didn't have a lot of money. And he was like, I don't think I can afford, uh, which is really funny to think about now because <laughs> the dude's got billions of dollars. But back then, he's so like, I, he, he couldn't afford Orson Welles. But guess who he can afford? A little, uh, an actor who's just trying to get his feet wet in the industry, a certain James Earl Jones. And history was made, I would dare say, because I don't think you could think of Darth Vader without that voice. It just doesn't, that's, it's just they go together so perfectly. That's why they've been holding on for so long, I, I think. Uh, yeah, he, he just recently retired, too, on top of all that, which is pretty wild, considering, like I said, he turned 92. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he pretty much had a swan song. He did Rogue One yeah. when he was tired. Uh, he, his voice definitely sounded tired, but they did a great blend of him. They actually used him um, in the Obi-Wan show, which I thought was, you know, just tremendous. Yeah, yes. Uh, and he's got one of those voices too, where there's a lot of people who can actually do a pretty great impression of it. Uh, so that's I'm, my assumption will be that's where they'll probably start going from now on when I do Vader stuff. Yeah, uh, and we're going to end on this. He's actually there's only been about I think 15 to 16 ish around there people who have won the EGOT, which is what that is is the person the one person who's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Those are the major awards in uh, entertainment right there. And he's one of the few that's won every one of those. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yes. And a little, another little fun fact, uh, this kind of my history creeps uh, orig- uh, origin is going to show here. He also played Barney Hill in one of his first uh, actual acting jobs when they did the Barney and Betty Hill thing, which is a interesting story about the first famous – uh, alien abduction case. And yes, he, and he played that. So that's the did you know the James Earl Jones? Let's get to where uh, Vader is in today's pop culture. Here's a little spoiler alert. I think he's going to stick around. <laughs> Luke, help me take this mask off. But you'll die. Nothing. Can stop that now. Just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. I'd love to get our percentages of how many that we'd be like. Yeah, they're good. It's good. We've had we we have had some where we're like, I don't know. Uh, there have been a few that are like that. There have been a few, and I it's yeah. it's kind of cool. Um, when we do get those ones that are like, ah, we don't know. But yeah, honestly, Darth Vader, it 50 years last year, this wow. character has been atop the uh, the pop culture mountain. 50 years, right? No, 77, 77, 87, 97, oh, okay, 40 years. We're almost at 50 years. I apologize. We're, we're four years away from this year. Is 46. Yeah. 46. So um, just immortalize. And I, I, there's still more to come, right? Like there's still so much more. See, like, I don't know if that Obi-Wan show happens if people aren't clamoring for more live action Vader stuff. I really don't think so. I mean, that's one of the reasons that you want to watch it is you're like, I want to know how he feels about Vader. Like, how does Obi-Wan feel about that? You know, because he has to know, you know, that something's going on with uh, his brother or his son, however he looked at him. 
Right. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. That definitely adds to the fascination and the, uh, and everybody want to be like, yeah, let's, let's watch an Obi-Wan show. Yeah. That, that relationship, you explored it in, in much more, uh, uh, much more detailed fashion than, uh, than I think the movies allowed. So it was really cool to you know, see that, but, but yeah, he, he's literally the goat uh, when it comes to pop culture characters, never to be forgotten. He just constantly, just new stuff constantly, whether it be, I mean, the video games, almost every single video game that has ever come out Star Wars related has Darth Vader in it. He's the face of it. Um, you know, I would dare so say every, every entertainment franchise has like their their character that they, everybody identifies it with, and Vader because of his uh, his style, you know, is just the styling of the suit, the costume, and so much more. It, he's that's what he is. Isn't there like some place in Europe where like every year it snows it, on this statue? It looks like Darth Vader. I I feel like I've seen it before. Um, some like old statue, but it, if it snows just right, the the statue looks, and if it sits on the statue, it looks just like Darth Vader. It's really cool, but that's what makes something iconic. So, Johnny, what do you about? What about you? Sorry, I'm trying to look up the statue. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah, it does. Yep. Wow, it, does. it really <laughs> does. Oh my gosh, you're not wrong. Oh wow, that's I didn't know about this. This is fascinating. I seen that a f- quite a few years ago, and I was like, "Wow, this is cool." It's actually the actual statue. Just a a little bit. Where's this at? Um, I, I think it's Poland. You. I want to say it is Poland, but I'm trying to find out what the city is. I probably won't be able to pronounce it. In, oh yeah, I would. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Wage a hero woe uh, is what oh, it looks like. It. I bet that's pitch perfect. I apologize to anybody from Poland who's listening to this. Uh, but yeah, it's actually a statue of the founder of that town, Jacob. Uh, I'm not going to even try to that last name, but it's a statue of him because uh, he found the town in 1643. But like his hair and everything is, and he's got a long cape like thing too, where when the snow hits it, it really truly looks like Darth Vader. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. I highly uh, recommend looking this up. Everybody, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. But yeah, I mean, he's again. We've already said at the beginning, he's one of the literal most recognizable figures in pop culture uh, in the world. I would, I'm really confident in saying that. Yeah, uh, you can show like a uh, if anybody's at least the age of what seven or eight, they're going to they're like, yeah, that's Darth Vader. Just like Batman, I've said it before: Batman, Spider Man, Mickey Mouse, all those. Just a, such a recognizable face. Mario, you know, just these the ones that all ages know is just quickly, yeah, that's who that is. So, uh, with especially with you now Star Wars still being huge, still making money, still being something a, a lot of people love and adore. Me and Matt being a couple of those people, uh, he's not going to go anywhere. Uh, he he's always going to be a looming figure over star wars as he should be as one of the most important ones of the franchise so he's always going to be there and uh i honestly would love and i'm sure they're, they've talked about it give us a, an anakin show i want to see uh more of his downfall i want to see how he feels about obi-wan like when he's trying to find obi-wan i want i want that stuff give me the obi-wan show but from his perspective yes and i would absolutely love that so yeah i'm with you he, he's not going anywhere he is not, and that. But well, we are going somewhere. This episode is pretty much over. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that is it for Star Wars month. Uh, next month we have a fun little uh, theme that we kind of literally just stumbled upon five minutes before recording. Uh, we are doing food mascots. This is all the brainchild of of Johnny Townsend over here. We're going to go from the Dark Lord of the Sith to another menacing figure. And that of course is chef Borodie himself next time on retro pop. And you better get the one with the meatballs. Oh, I love chef Borodie's balls. Uh, yeah. From your lips to God's ears, my friend meatballs, meatballs, you dirty minded <laughs> jerks. All y'all. 
No, seriously. Next month is going to be food mascot month. It's actually a lot of fun. This one we might actually find. Uh, I mean, just some interesting history that a lot of people don't know about. I think, uh, you know, even Chef Boyardee, people just look at him as like he's just this 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 happy go lucky Italian dude on on a, on a can of meatballs. The story is a lot better than that. So I'm excited to dive into it. I'm sure I'm going to find something really, really cool. I mean, maybe not as cool as Chef Boyardee, but pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but almost as cool as Chef Boyardee. So uh, that's what you have to look forward to. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support over this month. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Retro Pop. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs>